Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today we are talking about Interfaith Ministries of Denton. In studio with me, their executive director, Condell Garden. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, you, you made the long drive all the way from Denton. Do you live in Denton? I do live in Denton, Okay. Yes. Have you always been out there? How long have you been in the Denton area? Oh, we've lived in Denton about 40 years. So a little bit. Yes. Been, been there for just a few. That's right. Just for a few. We came okay. to go to school and then stayed. So Excellent. All right. So you went to UNT? Uh, UNT and TWU. Interesting. All right. Actually, I was looking at your bio. You have quite the extensive education. You have multiple degrees, I believe. What did you study? I think that sometimes it helps to figure out what a person studied to figure out where they are today. Well, actually, I uh, studied um, family and consumer studies. Okay. Um, and got my master's um, in that area as well. And that's... What is family? I've never... I'm not familiar with that practice. What What is that discipline? Well, it's kind of... Uh, I think in the old days, you would have called it home economics, but um, my studies were more geared toward um, financial counseling and working with with families and resources and things like that. So, so certainly setting you on the path for what you're doing over at Interfaith Ministries. Exactly. All right. So we got kind of off track. We always start the same way on this show, talking about the basics of what this organization is. What is Interfaith? What do you guys do? We are an agency that provides short-term emergency assistance primarily to the working poor. Um, people who are working hard but are just on the edge of poverty and um, have have a hard time making it work when they have an emergency. And, you know, uh, a study by Forbes said that about 63% of Americans um, don't have $500 in savings if there were to be an emergency. 63%. 63%. That was in 2016. I'm not sure what the figures are today, but I would guess they're probably very similar. Um, but so you can see every emergency, whether it's uh, a medical emergency, whether you have to miss work, what have you, um, it can cause you a, uh, cause a financial crisis. And uh, people have nowhere to turn sometimes. They don't have families. They don't have a support system that can help them. And so they either come to an agency for assistance or they go to payday loan places or car title loan places or, or things that just get them deeper and deeper into trouble. You gave that stat, but I, I think that it would help to kind of talk more about how, how common the working poor is, especially in our area. It's not, it's not a term that gets thrown around a lot, right. but it is everywhere you look. It's the it's kind of the majority it's of Americans. It's the majority of people, yes. Um, I think that probably at one time, I know there was a study done in our town that about 75% of our population was a paycheck away from being homeless. And that's because they, if, if something happened, they lost a job or had an emergency, they wouldn't have enough funds to cover a month's rent. So uh, you can see how quickly it is to go from 
having a home to being out on the street. You know, it's it's very it's very vital, especially for families that that they get the help preemptively. Um, because it's much less expensive to help keep somebody in their home than it is to rehouse someone who becomes homeless. Interfaith is really kind of in the business of, of preventing yes. tragedy. Would you agree with that? That is correct, yes. Um, and we do that through a variety of support services. Um, we do that through things like utility assistance, and we do that through um, medical assistance, helping people with prescriptions and medical supplies. Um, we provide uh, diapering and incontinence products from you know infants to seniors because um, it costs a lot to diaper a child, and you can't put a child in daycare unless they have disposable diapers. Mm. And that's not a cost a lot of people think about, but it's a huge cost to to families that have children. Um, we do adult uh, adult eyeglasses, eye exams, and eyeglasses. We do just a number of different services that kind of uh, help people when they're in need. How many or are, are there a lot of other organizations that are helping this segment of the population? I think that a lot of people uh, that work for charities and nonprofits they are they're not necessarily helping people that are the working poor. Is this what separates interfaith from a lot of other organizations? Do you think? I, I think that is true. Um, for the most part, the emphasis in our area. And in Texas, I would say in general, is to work with the homeless. And there are funds out there for grants and things um, to rehouse the homeless. But like I said, it, it, it's about three times more to rehouse somebody that becomes homeless mm. than to keep someone from becoming homeless uh, in the first place. And the average amount of time someone stays homeless is about a year. So, you know, you've, you're looking at, you know, maybe a, a couple of parents and their two children come in and because of some emergency that's happened, car repairs or something like that, they've gotten behind and a month's rent might help keep them in their home, but um, there's not funds out there to pay that because the funds are going to, you know, help people who are already homeless get back in housing. So I, I really think... Uh, a lot of people could be helped if it was taken care of before they actually reached that point. You have been with this organization for, I saw on the website, which is ifmdenton.org, that you've been with the organization for 23 years. Is that still a correct figure? January 2nd, it will be 24 years. So. Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so 24 years. You've been with this organization for a really long time. How did Interfaith decide that this was going to be their mission? Of all the things that this organization could have done in the beginning, this is what you guys chose. So was there a reason behind that? Yes, we actually started as an outreach arm of several different churches that came together and uh, felt like people were coming to them for help, um, but they weren't doing a very efficient job uh, of helping them because they didn't know who had gotten help where. They didn't know all of the resources that there were out there to refer people to, and they felt like a centralized organization um, could help eliminate some of those issues. So they started contributing funds um, to interfaith ministries, uh, created interfaith ministries um, to kind of do that work for them. And that's all that we do. So, um, you know, we can we can refer people to resources that are out there and— um, kind of walk them through issues. Were you with the organization at its inception? Have you been there since the beginning? I was not. 
Um, Do you know what year the organization started? It was incorporated in 1992. Okay. And right. I joined in 1996. So it's relatively close. Yes. Let's talk about your origins with the organization. I'm always interested in that. How did you find Interfaith? You've been there for a long time. It obviously stuck with you. How did you first show up to this organization? Um, I was working for IBM at the time, actually, and I uh, had my degree in consumer sciences, so I thought I wanted to work in corporate consumer affairs, and I was working um, in Farmer's Branch for IBM and then saw the ad for Interfaith, and it was kind of just a extension of things I'd already done. I had worked for Denton County MHMR as a mental health case manager mm-hmm. and as a uh, hospital liaison. Um, connecting people with resources, and I, I thought it would be a good segue, and um, I got in there, and I really liked it. So you had worked for charities and nonprofits before, and then you switched to the corporate world. Yes. Was there a reason for that switch? Um, just because I got my degree in consumer affairs and thought that, you know, I would like to try corporate consumer affairs. Did so. you not like the corporate world? Um, it, it was It was a whole different environment for me and um i just uh i didn't like the commute for one thing Mm. and i just felt like i needed to be working more directly with people and so you found interfaith yes what did you first start doing when you arrived at the organization um well we were only open two hours a day when i first started really and um so I saw clients, and in, in, in the meantime, I worked half-time at uh, the mental health center and wrote grants. Uh, the idea being, you know, if, if we had some grants coming in, we could, we could be open longer and help more people. So, Is that how the organization started growing? Were you responsible for grants that helped Interfaith to grow? Yes. So yes. that's all right. So did you, did you know that that was what – were you on a mission to make this organization grow or was this oh, an absolutely. organic type thing that, yeah. that just started? It just started happening. Yeah, uh, it was a mission to make it grow so more people could be helped, and to be more responsible about the help that we gave to make it more business-like and less about your charity. So you have to give money to everyone, but more about really helping the people that needed the help the most. When did you become executive director of this organization? You are now running the show. I ran the show from the beginning. I was the only employee for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, when you showed up, this really was, that's why the grants, and that's why you said it was your mission. I thought that there was other people working on this, and you stepped in, and you wanted we to see volunteers. it We had volunteers. It was primarily volunteer-driven, and, um, you know, I just, I was the only employee, and so I've done every single job <laughs> at the agency at one time or another, so... How has that experience helped inform where you are today as executive director of the organization? Do you think that all those experiences doing so many different things for Interfaith, has that really helped you to become a better director of this organization? Well, I hope it has. It's kind of like, you know, the old saying, the, you work uh, 10 years for a, a big company and get five years worth of experience, and you work five years at a small company and get 10 years worth of experience. So, you know, when you've worn every hat at the agency, it's um, really, you kind of have a good feeling for what's going on. Is there a job or a program at Interfaith that you really like a lot? Is there something that really speaks to you? 
Well, we started back in 1996 a back-to-school program called the Apple Tree Project for uh, doing supplies and backpacks for children going back to school. And that has since, in the last couple of years, spread to be uh, a community-wide effort. We've worked together with the city and United Way and um, the, the mayor's office and various places to uh, make that happen. And so that's one program. Um, we also, Diaper Depot mm. is something that just, uh, I was homesick one day and saw something about a diaper bank somewhere and thought, that's what we really need because people go to a church or they go somewhere and they get six diapers. And, and typically that's not even enough to get you through one day. So we want a central place where people could donate and, um, and receive help. So those are some of them. I saw on the website, which is ifmdenton.org, that the organization helps over 3,000 people a year. Is that an accurate number? That would be, the, I think that was the figures last year, yes. I don't is, know what it's been this year. Is that a good number for the organization? Are you happy with that number? Do we need more? Could you honestly do with less? What do you think? Um, I think we could do with less. Um, I, I think the need is so great that we try to help as many people as we can but I, I think there are still a lot of issues as to what we can actually address with people uh, just based on the resources that are out there is there something that is the most typical that you help you, you help out with bills utilities rent automobile you do a you provide help for a bunch of different services yes. is there something that happens the most we get the most requests for rent rent um, about a hundred requests per month Really? For, for rent assistance. And um, uh, like at this time of the year, we have absolutely no rent funds available. We've been out of rent funds since September. And Why so, is that? Um, because the demand is so great and because it's the rents are so expensive. I think the 2018 stats say that it would take a, a, a salary of about $20.71 an hour to afford a two-bedroom apartment. And the average wage um, in Denton County is like $14 and something an hour. We're also one of the fastest growing counties, and the people coming in aren't necessarily people with the highest incomes. Mm. You know, they have, a lot of them have service jobs. And so um, the minimum wage has been the same since forever, $7.25 an hour. And, um, you know, that's, that's not enough to support yourself. Do you see any push for more affordable housing or more realistic housing in Denton? I think about it all the time. I don't necessarily see anybody doing a lot about it. I live here in Dallas and you see a lot of really nice apartment, high rise type mm -hmm. buildings going up. You don't see nice, affordable right. housing or rental properties that are really available. Uh, what are you seeing with that? That's it. I think it's the availability. Um, you know, we live in a in a city with two universities, so um, the fair market costs for housing are high, and we're right right up there with Dallas and Fort Worth, um, and yet we have a whole segment of our population that um, I think live in substandard housing because um, you know they there's nothing really affordable for them. And um, 
it's a huge problem. I, I know there have been attempts to address it through special housing projects, but those things take a really long time. Mm. And uh, it's really difficult. You can talk to anyone in Denton who's looking for housing, and they'll tell you how difficult it is to find a place that's affordable. Is there a specific area of Denton that you guys focus on, or is it truly the entire area? Just Denton. We don't cover the whole of Denton County. As far as uh, services, we tend to cover north of Lake Louisville area. Mm. Um, Christian Community Action in Louisville uh, is the organization that— covers uh, north or south of the lake rather so has that always been your area it's pretty much always been our area yes are you looking uh, to expand your turf well no <laughs> um i would like to serve the turf we have a, a little better um as i said you know Den- uh, denton is supposed to be the f- well it's been projected to be the fastest growing county in the nation within the next five years so um, this growth is going to really uh, tax everyone's resources, and there currently aren't enough resources to go around. Is that exciting or scary as a person in your position when you hear facts and statistics like that pop up? Well, it scares me. You know, when I came into Denton, I mean, there wasn't even a mall there yet. So I, I just think of all the people that are going to be needing help and uh Right now, a lot of people get turned away for help, so I can't imagine, you know, a skyrocketing population. Connell Garden is the executive director of Interfaith Ministries of Denton. You can find them online, ifmdenton.org, or give them a call, 940-565-5479. Let's talk about the people that take part in your services. How do most people find Interfaith? Most people find us... um, for example, through other service providers, um, we're listed with Texas 211 uh, telephone. So if you have a cell phone and you need help, you can call dial 211 and tell them what zip code you're in, and they'll try to get you to the correct agency for your area. We work closely with the City of Denton Utilities, and they refer a lot of people to us for utility assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the biggest thing we do, even though it's not the thing that's most requested by people. So the, it's it's the job that you complete the most. Is that what yes. you're saying? Yes, because uh, we have a contract with them currently, and we um, provide funds uh, through that uh, to to assist their customers with utilities. I did notice that there is a few criteria for being able to receive help from Interfaith. Yes. If people do want to receive help from the organization, how are they going to go? How are they going to get through that process? The easiest way probably is to go to our website, um, which is www.ifmdenton.org, and um, they click on the link to uh, say that they need help. And there's an online screening form that they can fill out and someone will get back to them. And on the form, they just list some very basic things, such as their name and phone number and what they're needing help with and what their emergency is. On on the website, I I noticed something. It it said one of the criteria that you need to meet is have a viable plan of action or be willing to form one. Why is that so important for an organization like this? Well, because it, it's not our job to support 
people forever. That's not our purpose. That's not how why we were set up. We're set up to get people through a crisis time. And so we want to know if we help them that they're going to be able to um, take care of themselves after that. Is it hard to convey that message to people or do the people that you help understand that, you think? I think it is hard to convey sometimes. Um, and, and we also offer um, free financial coaching to anybody in mm. the community. But sometimes it's difficult for people to admit that they need it. Or they feel that they just don't make enough money to take advantage of it. So, so actually, that that's kind of something good to mention. So, a lot of people they don't even know that they're able to receive this kind of help. Right. Is that something that you've always run into? Because a, a common theme on this show is the idea of getting people to just helping people to understand that they need help and and taking that leap of asking for help. Right. It, it's hard to get people to do that. Well, and especially when you're dealing with emergency assistance where people need the help right now. Hmm. You know, they have a tendency to say, oh, yes, I want financial coaching. Just pay this bill right now. And then, you know, later on, it doesn't quite seem uh, like such a a critical issue um, because they've gotten past that emergency. Whereas they could really benefit to prevent themselves from getting in a bad situation again. How long does it take for you guys to typically help out a case to screen a client see a client um, enter the information on the database that we're required to use Um, it takes uh, an appointment usually lasts about an hour and 15 minutes so a lot of times so a lot of times you can get these problems solved in a couple of hours no (laughs) no Um, don't say that (laughs) I, I, I I won't say it like that what I will say is a lot of times we can resolve that um, issue that brought them in, we can get their utilities taken care of or we can get their prescriptions filled or, or things like that. Um, but like I said, you know, it's the other things like the financial coaching that would require more of a time investment on the part of the client. So you can fix the immediate problem, but exactly. if you're going to really address the entire issue, right, much longer. Because they come in with a presenting problem. Mm-hmm. The presenting problem is, I can't pay my utilities or I can't pay my rent, when really that's just a symptom of other things that have gone on. Like, I don't have any savings and I'm not working enough hours or, you know, I was ill or I had to take off work because my child was ill and I don't have vacation or sick time. Have you had any crazy requests over the years that people ask for something that you're um, like, well, I don't know? Yes. Well, I, I've i had people ask for erectile dysfunction medications <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> of course, we, we try to assure them that, well, that may be an emergency for them. It's... <laughs> It's probably not something that, you know, we would be able to assist them with. I, uh, yeah, that was not what I was expecting you to say, but that is absolutely hilarious. Let's stick to the bills. Let's make sure that we get stuff like that kind of figured out right, first. Right. Um, what does this organization need? When you think about uh, Interfaith and what this organization could use to really help push it into the future, what is that? What does Interfaith need? We need um, people who really believe in what we do to serve as both volunteers and to serve on our board of directors. Mm. We need 
funds to help people. Um, most of our funds um, come from individuals and churches and businesses. You know, we really need to uh, up those donations in order to be able to serve more people and and to let people know about the good we actually do in the community. We're kind of a hidden gem, I would say, because our clients don't like to talk about their issues. So we're not out there and they're not out there in front of the public telling about what we did for them or, you know, what horrible things happened to them. Um, They're embarrassed to come in. How how does that make you feel? Because it would it would help so much if they were out there talking about the organization. But I can understand what you're saying there about these people almost being they, they feel bad that they needed help, but th- right. that's not really, that, that shouldn't be. Yes, they, they should not feel bad about it. And that's what we try to tell people is that everyone goes through issues where they have financial problems and, and a, an emergency can happen to anybody at any time. So, and we have lots of people that say that when they come in that, you know, I'm the one who always used to contribute and now I need help and I can't stand it. Mm. You know, I'm embarrassed and I feel bad about it. But that's what Interfaith is doing. They're helping people that they're just stuck. You get Sometimes you just get backed into a corner exactly. and you got to get out. And sometimes it doesn't take much, but right. you do need that, that helping hand. And that's what this organization is doing. Right. Like, like someone that we had that came in the other day, they had a broken ankle, broke her ankle and uh, couldn't work for 12 weeks oh. and had no, no disability or no benefits or anything with her job. And, you know, how do you get by for 12 weeks? Until you can get back to work. That's crazy. It's not that you don't want to work, and it's not that you're a deadbeat. It's just that, you know, is there a common help. Is there a common age that you guys work with, or is it truly across the board? Oh, it truly is across the board. It is. Um, I think we're seeing more seniors, hmm. and uh, the stats show that uh, about half of all homeless people are 55 and over, and that that that's going to go up as well um but overall it's just a wide range of people off mic you mentioned that this is a good time of year to think about the people that are helped by interfaith because a lot of times you you know this time of year it's a lot of toys and Mm -hmm. kids and that kind of thing you were saying that you want people to think about interfaith and the families and people that you guys help right the the programs, and there are a lot of them that um, help children in our area, they're great programs. Um, but sometimes people forget at the holidays that if someone doesn't get their rent paid, they might be out on the street. Those kids might have toys, but they might be out on the street or in a shelter with those toys. Um, they forget that, you know, someone, some senior can't pay for their medicine, and so they have to make a choice of eating or or paying for medicine. Mm. Um Medical co-pays especially are so high right now that that's, that's a choice a lot of people are making. Just basically that everyday living has to go on with the holidays. And that if you want to donate and it makes you feel good to donate to children, that's great. Um, but don't absolutely discount the other ways you can, you can help people. If people want to receive help from Interfaith, if people want to volunteer, if they want to donate a lot of money, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, They can either do that on our website. Uh, We have a volunteer application on our website. We have a a 
board member application on our website. Um, like I said, we have a screening form on our website. And um, we also have uh, buttons to donate on our website, of course. Um, or, the, you know, they can call us um, or contact us, you know, by stopping in our office. Where are you guys located? We're located at 1109 North Elm Street in Denton. 1109 North Elm Street in Denton. The organization is Interfaith Ministries of Denton. Their website, ifmdenton.org. Or give them a call, 940-565-5479. My guest has been Condell Garden. She's their executive director. Thank you very much for stopping in today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.